Well, they're going to have an epic crossover at UFC 284 when featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky takes on lightweight champion Islam Makachev. And what better way to get ready for that epic crossover with a little crossover of our own. Hello, everyone. Welcome. A little bit of a UFC 284 preview. You know me, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, the two hosts of Morning Combat. Did you say this is the best crossover since Iverson got Jordan in 96? Remember that? He did get him, yes. Yeah. Thank you for the interruption. <laughs> yeah. That was totally unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. And joining me on the other side here, we're actually in their place, so I can just be honest. This is MK in the UK. This that, is really this happening. Is right. This right is right the, the gentleman from MMA On Point. We have Alex, who wants me to call him weird names. I'm not <laughs> going like, to call him. He's like, yo, call me by my uh, by my Fortnite tag, Bhagavan. And I'm yes. like, you, know, I'm like, you, I'm like, you can eat a Bhagavan of dicks. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So... No. That was good. I like And that. at the end, Jason. Jason <laughs> can I say your last name? I don't know. Hartley. Yeah, Jason Hartley, yes. Jason, uh, you guys may not know this from his accent, but he's actually from the States. Yes. Yes. So how very, I said this earlier, how very American of us to land in London, and the first thing we do is meet up with another American to talk about, well, I guess not really American things this time, but uh, gentlemen, how are you? Very good. Yeah, yeah. really well. Thank Glad you for to be having here. us on. Yeah. Ready to break down this shit. BC, you ready to do this? This is what I live. Is this for. where I tag you in. <laughs> this is what I hang out with British men. This is my that's my jam, right? Yeah. Uh, well, of course, UFC 284 goes down uh, on Saturday. Huge pay per view in the sense of the main event. Real quickly, let's start, Alex, if we can, mm -hmm. with this criticism that Islam Makachev had made about like I thought there would be a little bit more promotion. Neither is a pay per view attraction. The numbers don't support that. But it is number one versus number two, which Dana himself, even though he couldn't name Islam. <laughs> Which, by the way, you know, with my own recall challenges, I'm not really mad at him about, but I get it. It didn't look great. Uh, I bet you he knew Slap Jesus' name. He probably did. Yeah. Your assessment of Makachev's complaint and whether it's valid. I mean, in some ways, you can you can see how he feels, right? I don't think that they've particularly made an effort with a lot of the previous pay-per-views to do anything other than the ordinary sort of set of promotions. But that being said, there is more hype, I feel, building during fight week. That's typical. But there, this is, again, like two guys on win streaks that we have not seen since Mark Kerr for Eagle Bob Chanchin back in Pride. Dude, these guys know these the shit out of them. three combined yeah, win streaks right now, which is absolutely insane. It is literally a fight that only happens every freaking 20 years. Mm. And there has been no effort to even sort of promote that angle of it. Yes, it's pound for pound, number one versus number two, which is great. But where is the historic, like, momentous buildup behind this other than the standard ordinary stuff? There really isn't anything. I can't point to anything. So I will say this. MMA on Point does a really great job with, you know, a lot of different things. But one of the things you guys really excel at is the history of things mm -hmm. and how it ties together. And, yeah, some of it's just lists, like top five guys this. But a lot of it is sort of the significant parts of the sport. So you have a keen appreciation for it. I, I wonder, this is, we've, we've made, this is not a new criticism of UFC. They're good at many things. They're not good, Jason, at their history, right? They're not good at telling it, sharing it. They're, they, their history began when Zufa purchased Yes, it. but what I mean to say is they're getting better at it, and I think they are trying to get better at it. It's still not a strong suit. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at The the Rock announcing that he was going to do the Mark Kerr documentary, and, and the audience had no clue what yeah. they were even talking yeah. about. Uh, when you look at the Hall of Fame every single year and what that looks like, it feels just kind of like an add-on. Tom and I went to one of those a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like a thing that felt like it, they were obligated to do. 
And when you went and you were, yeah, I think it was Michael Bisbing and Rashad Evans. I think it was that year. Yeah, there was an earthquake during Rashad's speech. Literally was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was coming over from L.A., and you felt the tremors, and it was really strange. But, At first, uh, we were all like, Rashad, you probably just licked a toad. It's really, you know, it's really just a <laughs> euphoric feeling, but it's not actually. Then it turns out he was right. You know? yeah. It, yeah. yeah, but uh, you would like he to did see. Not follow that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people talked about trying to do, like, a world tour. I, I'm a little bit more, uh, I guess, harsh on the idea of, like, okay, so what are we actually talking about in terms of promotion? So what would you actually prescribe? And so some people would say, oh, they should do a world tour. Honestly, I don't know how well this would do no. in like New York. You gotta have talkers. Probably not that great, yeah. you know what I mean? But in terms of trying to do something a little more the week before, and especially with Dana and all of his different things, he couldn't remember Islam's name, all that kind of stuff that you guys just talked about. But uh, I do think it is a little more difficult than that, but we could definitely meet in the middle and they could be doing something. Dana yeah. White could be doing ESPN interviews, like something on the air to actually get the word out about this event. He hasn't really done that. He's been distracted. They could have gone to Russia. They could have gone to Australia. Like if that's a, still a world tour. Imagine swapping those two at different press. Fun been fact, I think huge. they did last week and there was almost no press on it. Oh, it was wow. just like almost no one showed up. For right. It. Well, okay then. Well, no, no, the earlier, Alex, I had asked you if we should maybe help out Dana and go on our own recruitment mission of uh, slappers. And then you were like, well, that has a very different meaning in the UK. So, it does, you know, true. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that, Luke. Yeah, slappers. Women of the night. You're good. Probably you know, you're post-Marines, like, like you know, it's not blow just off women weekends and, you know. It's just women in tight dresses that fall out of bars. Oh, know, so. all right, all right. That's, that's how they start. It's a gateway drug to the sex trade, though, at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> done um, look, Jay, do you think it's, you have a firm grip on history. One versus two pound for pound as selling it, it's sexy. This fight is sexy enough. Like, you almost don't need, even though Islam's right, you almost don't need a crazy thing because it's sexy enough to the hardcores. But is this really one versus two pound for pound, or is that a convenient... Is that a convenient mm. label to Islam? Does he actually like? Look, I I agree that if he dominantly beats Volkanovski, he will have a say for number one. Like you know, you can make the debate that he's your new number one pound for pound. It would be an incredible leap after two wins. But is he really number two pound for pound right now in your eyes? Yeah, who would replace him? Uh, you know, because Usman lost. Is, is he, he lost? lost? Yeah. All the guys that you would have put in there, and Ganu just left. He's gone. Jones hasn't been around. It's kind of a weird time. Yeah, I would say. I mean, Jones is probably the number one of all time. But he hasn't really gotten active yet. He's supposed to be soon. I don't really know how to answer that question. Yeah, in terms of who would you put in place of that? Sometimes it does feel like that. Like every time Aldo would fight, he was all of a sudden the number one pound for pound. All of a sudden Barrow would fight, he was yes. the number one pound for pound. Never forget that. But he was. Put, Dana used to push the bear yeah. hard on us. He used you know, to love Barrow. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different uh, ways that you could perceive that, but this feels genuine to me. It feels like they're actually one and two. You could have made the argument with DC and Jones the last time that they fought, yeah. but DC had lost to him in, what was it, the beginning of 2015? So there was a bunch of arguments that he wasn't number two and that there was a, you know plenty of other people that you could have put in that spot. So it was really the number one versus someone who fell kind of down the line. So in terms of this, yeah, I think it's legit. I think it's actually one and two, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to talk Luke into this fight. This guy loves Volkanovski. It's a great fight, though. It's a great fight. What do you love most about it? Um, the style matchup is very, very interesting. Obviously, we've not seen Alex fight a wrestler really since Chad Mendez, who was able to complete a bunch of takedowns on him, sort of initiating the double and then chasing the single, cutting the angles. Volk got back 
to his feet. He had great hips in those situations, but Mahachev is just a completely different beast in that area. I do think on the feet, Volk is going to have a lot more success than people think. The speed at which he enters and exits, the speed at which he level changes under shots. And, you know, Islam's much more of like, I'm just going to bang a two-piece combination at you. I'm just going to throw hard and move forward or wait for you. And I think Volk is just going to dance around him and be way, way quicker than him on the feet. Ooh. I mean, I think Volk's probably the best striker you can make an argument the best strike we've ever seen in terms of his ability to assess threats counter draw attacks set traps he's on another level and if islam can't actually get him down or keep him down consistently i think volk's got a pretty good chance of taking this fight wow well take it's a pretty it's a pretty decent summation but the one thing that i just don't see a lot of conversation about i think i would generally share your assessment um certainly as a positive case for volkanovsky but the issue I sort of wonder about is what his power will look like mm -hmm. because it's not transformative at 145. He does have no. the stoppage over Mendez. He's got some other ones too. But yeah. like against Holloway, who has a rock chin. The best chin ever. Okay. According to MMA on point. Okay. And and video, I'm not saying he doesn't beat the fuck out of guys, mm -hmm. but it is accumulative in a yeah, sense. True. Okay, he's going to go up a weight class. We saw when Cormier went light heavyweight heavyweight, his power really showed through. Will we get that from Volkanovski? I don't know. And if we don't... That's another problem for him to solve because then he has to outstrike uh, Islam over the course of the full distance, and that's resisting all that wrestling and create, creating separation the whole time. That's tough to do if you can't fully discipline them with power. I agree, but he does have knockouts at the higher weight classes he's fought at. He used and to play rugby at two fifteen. Rugby, they do say that. They do say that. Proposition as well. I think the power is, is an interesting point because we know Islam hits hard, but. When he's got, like, when he dropped Oliveira, that was when Oliveira was literally landing mm -hmm. after that flying knee, perfectly timed. And he didn't even mean to necessarily time the, the, the lead hook. That was just off the two, three. So I don't know. I feel like Volk's, it, the accumulation of damage, Islam's not really been hit that much. So we don't even know how he'll react when put in those situations. And there's always been a question about cardio with the pace of their wrestling assault. In those longer fights against, like Moises, he was really able to pace himself. But Alex is going to put it on him and keep the pace high and force him to constantly either react to his sort of non-stop offense, his feints or his feints, or get the chain wrestling going. So I think the power might at some point cross over with potential fatigue from Islam. But again, it's all kind of speculation. Wow, really. no one ever says, I'm going to go in there and fatigue the guy from Dagestan. But <laughs> Islam did say that he wanted to do the same thing that he did to Oliveira to Alex which is to drag him in deep waters but that is where Volkanovski has always sort of thrived as well he's tenacious he never stops attacking his ground a pound is like ferocious if he ever gets an opportunity to execute so I don't know man I think if Islam has the game plan he's going to drown Alex I don't I don't know if I see that happening it really depends on how the grapplers match up. If I could interject, out of the entire office I think you're the only one who's picked him I minus picked the green anyone, hat yeah. guy that hold on now yeah. What about this Habib factor, Jay? Is it is it much ado about Abdul Manab's kid carrying on in the in the path of the of the you know he was a Jedi like his father before him, but now he's not going to be there in Islam's corner when Islam needs him most. Ooh, is that an overrated narrative? Are we not respecting Javier Mendez? Yeah, ridiculously overrated. Because I mean, you consider what happened with Gaethje and Habib, and that was probably at the worst time in that guy's entire life, you know. And he came out and performed like. Uh, like it probably helped him even you know I think for guys like this it probably means a lot to carry that torch forward and say all right in their absence I'm going to continue what they wanted me to do in my opinion I, I agree with a lot of what he's saying and you and I were talking about this a little off camera Luke it's just like why does weight cutting like really exist it happens a little bit in the stand-up striking sports a little bit mm -hmm. and you guys can talk about this way better than we can as you know boxing aficionados but I mean like Compare the amount 
that boxers and kickboxers cut as opposed to MMA fighters and actual NCAA wrestlers and the like. It's a totally different ball game. Yeah. And I think that's the the biggest reason that weight classes exist. I mean, we saw with Izzy, what did he weigh, like 195 yeah. when he fought Jan? Yeah. He didn't care if he made weight because he thought they were just going to strike the whole time. Yeah. Turns out they did end up hitting the mat, and it probably you know bit him in the ass a little more it than what Yeah, that's true. But at the end of the day, this is in like... The, in the nipple, to be fair. <laughs> Something <laughs> bit him. <laughs> Look, I just, you know, I just I observed things. I, right? I, I like the argument, and obviously you're making a strong point, but what about Craig Jones? He's been training with Volk all this camp. Yeah. Is that enough time to turn it around? I mean, Volk, don't forget, he was a wrestler. He started as a wrestler when he was a young guy. I'm pretty sure he won, won an Australian title somehow. It, it doesn't mean that much, obviously, but it's not like he hasn't been wrestling all his life. No, but I think what Craig Craig can do some wrestling with him, situational wrestling. Like If you're in this very particular situation where yeah. you might find yourself, they can do situational wrestling. But I think what Craig... Craig's an interesting one, right? Because... Craig is, if you like, and all the jiu-jitsu guys are like this, but Craig is very much like this. Dude, he's a big-time trap setter. Mm. Big-time trap setter. And uh, I wonder if they might be giving Volkanovski some options where if the wrestling fails, what are some options from underneath yeah. where he could initiate something just to get a scramble? Yeah. Because you, you, you have to like Volkanovski's. What, 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 okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, hold on. am I not allowed to watch and you know okay. and observe and be excited about what's happening? The, what's, the exchange what, what of analysis among grown is, men. You what know? is that face? Uh, delusion because I slept two hours on the plane last night, but happiness. Because he was. He does this weird smile where it looks like he's trying to hold in a secret that he can't. <laughs> and uh, you know, a big explosion is coming after that. Oh, okay. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. Okay, but the point about what was I fucking talking about? I uh, Peter the North. Wrestling Peter North. The yeah. yeah, no. So, so Craig. So Craig Jones. Explosions. I don't know. It's like that in polite culture in the UK, right? It's it's a little saucier than we're used to back home. Yeah, right? sure, it's fine. No, it's alright on YouTube. <laughs> no, no, you can edit. You can edit this. Don't talk to people. This is our show. Look at yeah. look at our producer. He's like, dude, what have I done? You can what say the famous c word here. You can get away with a few things. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. Which c, which uh, c word? Which one? Anyway, Craig, Craig Jones, I think might be giving him a bit of an option. Mm. If the wrestling fails, and there probably are going to be circumstances where it does, can we initiate attacks from? All kinds of leg entanglements or whatever uh, to create scrambles to then get to our feet, get to get to Islam's back in the scramble. Yeah. I, I wonder if that might be a component here. Like Volk for his build, he's very quick. So in those scramble situations, he'll have that speed to to, to bridge up to get his hips moving. Like that's an interesting element to like. I feel like Volk's game is how how quick can he be in those scramble positions? But at the same time. Islam might just hold him down and keep him there and Alex cannot do anything and he just gets handcuffed and just dragged back down against the There are the a lot of people. You know what I mean? Look, more people are going to pick Mahachev to win for obvious reasons, but I think there are a lot of people in this space that I talk to online, whatever, who believe that Mahachev's going to like kick the shit out of yeah. him. Like, like stop him and like, just dominate him. One-way traffic. I don't believe that, dude. Alex is too smart, too good of footwork. Could he spend some stretch on his back? Yes, but dude, he showed me so much in that Ortega fight, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How willing, how, how, and it's not just the toughness, it's the ability to keep his head yeah. in, in chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's levels to that skill. I mean, you've got to have that to a certain degree to yeah. be a, to be a championship level fighter. Right but, back on the offense as well afterwards, right? 
And to your point earlier, you're talking about the Chad Mendes fight. I looked at the total amount of time that he was down on the mat that was only 45 seconds. Yeah. And at one point, he had him in the back. You know, it looked yeah, like he was going back. for a rear naked. He got out of that situation. And that was so a scramble, yeah. bridge from the hips. Like, yeah. And that's a much different version of who Volkanovsky is now. Yeah. I don't think anybody could really do what Chad Mendes was able no. to do. Yeah, in this whole idea that's like, well, he got taken down by Ortega. It's like, fine, fine. If you think that's the guy that's showing up at 284, you're very mistaken. You know, Alex, it's an interesting spinoff question, but for Ortega moving forward, it really has nothing to do with 284, <laughs> but the breakup with Tracy Cortez, I mean, oh, they did nice. buy a house together. Do <laughs> nice. you see good things or bad things for his career now moving forward? I think forward ultimately, us? based on his interactions with people like Halle Berry, you know, Ortega's a player. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to get on with his life. He's going to go back to tapping people out with triangle I think chokes. He's a player, Not just in the bedroom. And he also crushes a lot. Ortega's in a weird yeah. spot, dude. Poor Ortega. Yeah. Okay. Dude, you give me the vibe sometimes. Of like, You know how Michael Bisbing used to do a podcast with a comedian and a bunch of fighters <laughs> would do that? Louis sometimes, J. Gomez. Just, yeah. yeah, Louis J. Gomez. Sometimes you give me that vibe just like in the middle. It's like, oh, time for a joke. Just pop one in there. Yeah, because, the mood. It's good. Yeah, I like my, my I like entire it. existence with him as Family Guy. He'd just be walking around. It's like, remember that time you stepped on rakes and then you had to eat a bucket of scorpions and then <laughs> you're just down a rabbit hole for no reason? <laughs> yeah, they give us awards only for your analysis. I call. Uh, I call <laughs> that's the only reason. It's, you know it's, what the, I'm it's the Brian Campbell grenade. He just rolls the grenade in the room and just waits for it to go off and then just takes so, over. Uh, similar to you cutting through first class on the plane last night, just just, just filling up your dungarees with, uh, with you know, <laughs> assassinating those people. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, great. All right, let's talk about the significance here real quick, then we'll get to the co-main event. Jason, if Volk wins, how big of a star does that make him? It's really hard to say. I mean, uh, we've heard the reports. It's going to sell more than Connor and Habib, by the way, in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, yeah, yeah but that's not fucking true mm. I mean, it all. wouldn't be a pay-per-view yeah. week if Dana's like, we've checked the social numbers and it's trending our best ever. Like, I will say yeah. this. In Islam, Australia New Zealand. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but very quick, sorry, let me just sorry. add on. Islam did get a little bit of juice after that win over Oliveira. Yeah. His popularity took a turn after that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, last I looked at that video, it's like 3.3 million views of the free fight that they put up like mm. last week. So, yeah. I mean, that's a ton of exposure. Yeah. I mean, I think it does a lot for Volkanovski. Uh, it's really hard to say, man, because unfortunately what sometimes happens in this sport is the best guy doesn't always get all the attention. You know, you, you do see that over time it builds, but, I mean, Anderson Silva took forever before yeah. he was able to start selling pay-per-views. GSP did it pretty quick, but he had a whole country behind him. You know, sometimes you just have these attributes that come along with you. But, um, yeah, I'm not 100% convinced, but I think from the hardcore fan community, I think a lot of people want him to win. Mm -hmm. Like, people want him like, I've probably heard that more than anywhere else. It's like a 80% decision in the head for him, but you know it's probably going to go the other way. You know, it's like that He's kind of thing. He's almost too nice of a guy. You know, there's not really anything polarizing about him, which might in some way play against him, right? He never really talks shit unless anyone else, like, steps to him. He always talks about how people can't bully him. I don't know if that, like, is necessary to be a star, but, like... I don't know, if he, like, crashed his car or something, you know, there might be <laughs> some more media headlines, you know? I will say, like, normally I try to make a debate because I think the... You could, there's two different five-fight stretches in John Jones's initial light heavyweight title reign where I'm like, that might be the best consecutive five wins mm. in terms of, like, level of talent, dominance, all that. I'm not going to extend this to, like, it's just the best eight-fight stretch, but Volk is in the midst of not only a... What is it? A 12 fight UFC win streak, an overall 22 fight win streak. But this last eight fights, Mendez by stoppage, 
three wins over Holloway. Yeah. Ortega in a crazy fight where he showed us how tough he is, dominates Korean Zombie. If he goes up a second division, yeah. beats a guy who's in the top two pound for pound, like... That's the that's the key question for me on, Dude, on he a macro becomes, level. He becomes Mount Rushmore conversation. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. is he legitimately yeah. in the upper room? The the top yeah. five guys. Dude, he, in if he goes and beats Islam, and everyone's gonna have a different list, but at that point, true or false, Volkanovski would be in the conversation for a Mount Rushmore fighter. Well, the, whatever, but based on his skill for level, me it's one thousand percent. Yeah, but like based on his popularity amongst the general fans, that's a different question. Yes, that's a yes, different yes, question. Yes, yes. Okay, but to, to counter level, that, I really think he's the best striker. We've Mount ever Rushmore seen. level is is crazy. I mean, we are talking about John Jones, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, maybe Fedor, maybe Demetrius Johnson, like mm -hmm. you know Habib. Maybe we're talking about like Jose Aldo. Like this is a rarefied club, and some of those guys aren't even making it. Won't people say, "Hey, Islam was great against Charles, but"? The only other kind of elite win he has is Dan Hooker. So I'm sorry, I... dude. You go up a weight class and you beat the guy that fucking just ran no, no, I, over Charles I'm not Charles saying, uh, yeah, but you're talking about Mount Rushmore. So there is, there is, you know what I mean? Like, does he really get into that group? Okay, well, if he can beat Islam Makachev, right? Here's yeah. a question for you: If right now Volkanovski can beat Islam Makachev, who at 155 can he not beat? That's another fair point. And those eight consecutive wins would be. Like, I dude, mean, there's three. That guy. There's three wins over Max Holloway in there, including one where he dude, battered the him last one. Where he like, I hate to, again. I keep hating to say, it, dude, he dummied Max in the last one. Oh, yeah. Max yeah. was lost. He was light yeah. years ahead, yeah. man. Uh, and I think that was a sobering moment for him and his team, you know, because they're smart guys. But that was, that was bad. Yeah. Um, in any case, uh, I don't know if you guys want. We don't. We'll do predictions at the end. So sure. let, let's if we can move to the co-main here. A fight that I even said yesterday. On social media, I'm surprised at the lack of, not buzz, but just chatter. Yair Rodriguez fights Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight title. Of course, there's implications. If Volk goes up and beats Islam, he says he's going to defend both. I find that to be nonsense. I, I love Volk, but no, that's not going to happen. He will want to, but the promotion... He will want to, but like yeah. an injury is going to happen. And then, you know, it, you can't. It's just not possible. Yeah. It's too difficult. So he's going to pick one, which makes this one kind of interesting, especially with Max Holloway fighting Arnold Allen pretty soon. Mm -hmm. But sticking to this fight here, Alex, Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett, at its core, what is this fight about? Um, well, you've got a like a wrestle boxer against a long range kickboxer. I think what's what's quite interesting is that Yaya is so unique in that division. Like, there's not many guys that have a kicking base style at 145, and he kind of he struggled with wrestlers previously. But if he can negate that, he has so many tools that a lot of these guys don't have, and he can give so many guys problems. I think Josh Emmett's in for a real long night if he can't at some point initiate some kind of takedown because he ducks, he stays low, he pitches hooks and overhands over the top, and Yair just runs around you and just kicks the shit out of you, basically. On the feet, I think Josh is going to have a really tough time. He's an alpha male guy. They like to get on the inside, close the distance. So for me, one thing is it could be the final ascension of Yair Rodriguez, which we've been waiting for for a long, long time. You know, we never got that Zabit fight, which was the only two guys with that similar style. Yeah. So it will be nice to see if Yair can actually get to the level that was kind of predicted, like Mexican champion, etc. And then Josh Emmett, like the, not really a journeyman, but a guy who's been campaigning for so long. But, ah, man, I don't know. I just love the style matchup, and I, I think Yair is going to have a lot of fun. I think he's going to have a lot of fun letting those kids be a lot of blood in that fight. Yeah, a lot of blood. Yeah, you know, we talked to Emmett at length when we had him on Room Service Diaries, and it's mm -hmm. just like, dude, he's just like, this is my style, and I'm going out there to walk right in front of you and grind yeah. and take what. And it's like he had to pour out so much of himself to beat, in particular, Cater and yep. Bergos and those two yep. great close fights. But really, the whole run, it's like he's just. 
just peeling off another layer every time. Yeah, man. And, Dude, and, he, and he was losing to Michael Johnson fight before he came back. And to guess. win this fight against this guy, he's already telling us, like, yeah, I'm going to go in. Like, he's going to, like, whatever. He's going to pour he's gonna out whatever. He's going to have a real tough left. time catching him, I think, unless he catches him. The one, thing I'll, the one thing I'll say is I, I, I think that's probably right, but Josh Emmett packs a punch. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to hit you many times Ooh. to cause serious problems. Yeah. And he just lunges into them, too. Yeah. You know, he gives everything he's got. Distance well. You know, Yair, I think, is in every way the superior striker and the more. I mean, it, the windows are there, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. And, the exits. and the problem is, it's like, while I can envision a scenario where Rodriguez is better for long stretches of the fight. Dude, one of those things yeah. is can steal a round, mm-hmm. obviously cause a finish, uh, any number of that create future difficulties, swell up an eye. You, I mean, you name it. He's just got dynamite in his hands, and um, it has carried him to this point at a bare minimum. To, to the other point, though, he takes a lot of damage as well, yeah. which he just fully accepts. He's like, yes, it's. I go into these yeah, knowing that are going to be bloodbaths. This guy's going to slice him up. If you carry that exact same mindset, yeah, you're man. not looking to shoot a lot or establish that threat, and you're just looking to walk in and throw Trying a dude, he's going to get. So it's future thinking. Both fights have to play out. But if Volkanovski respectfully loses to Mahachev, comes, stays at featherweight, still the champion, as much as I, I'd love to see Josh Emmett's story complete because I, I respect his journey. Oh. A potential of a Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky fight at featherweight for the title to unify that title, that, that gets me up in the morning, mm-hmm. Luke, okay? I don't need a, any pills. I could be wrong about this, but I think the only double champ ever to actually go back and defend after winning the second belt is Amanda Nunes. Nunes yeah, and Nunes. there's an obvious reason why featherweight doesn't really exist. Cormier didn't go back down. No, he didn't he go back down. He at heavyweight, but he didn't go to back, to back yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. He, he basically <laughs> abandoned no he everybody that. that's gone well, didn't up. He, didn't he in succession defend against Vulcan Ozdemir and then... That was before. No, then oh, up. then John Jones in between. Yeah, that was January, and then he fought in July yeah. against Stipe the first time. Oh, Stipe. Dude, they're on that shit. And then then Derek Lewis at the end of that year, right? Yeah. In New York, yes. Yeah, they saved that card. That's the sneeze and threw his back out. Yeah. And then he fell off the chair at the press conference yeah. as well and everyone was like oh you know some people you know i love dc so much but i'm but i'm also willing to fat shame him you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair but but you know he, he's really enjoying the afterlife and i got i gotta applaud do, him on do, that. do you guys have foot locker here yes we've got foot locker. do I the do. foot locker uh, employees do they have to wear clothes like a ref yeah, they, is that, is yeah. That BC, thing? yeah, BC makes fun of Daniel Cormier when he did. Well, when he was dressed <laughs> like a ref in that WWE match. BC, BC <laughs> did not. They did Some not. Match. B, BC had a lot to say about his weight. I just want to point that out. I didn't, but BC thought it was. DC is my favorite interview of all time. Uh, okay, let's sort of talk about the possibilities here. He likes the Rodriguez fight. I have to tell you, I think either way it's great. Mm-hmm. But sticking with the Rodriguez one, it would be huge for UFC. I brought this up a million times, but it is relevant. Danny Segura has talked about it. You could have a year where Brandon Moreno just won. You could have three more Mexican champs. Now, that's yeah. unlikely, but it is certainly on the table. And yeah, obviously, sure. these are very, very you know talented fighters. Boy, I, for, for uh, a guy like Yair, who has been kind of this prodigal son in certain mm-hmm. times in his career, to come back and get that, that'd be to have two Mexican champions at the same and time. Isn't Irene Aldana going to fight for the title? Yes, maybe? And Grasso as well. And so is Grasso, dude. So oh, you, you, yeah. could, you could do it, it is possible you could get four Mexican champions in a year. 
for a community that has been as rock-ribbed in boxing as Mexicans to get a little bit of that in MMA would only be good. Yeah. Right? So that we have an historic moment, an opportunity there for the UFC. Yeah. Do you have any comment on that, Jason? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's uh, kind of a sleeping giant in the MMA world that really hasn't been tapped into. They tried so hard with Cain Velasquez and going to Mexico City, and that ended kind of tragically <laughs> with, Dave, yeah. with uh, yeah. you know, C-level Cain jokes yes. and all that stuff arising. By a Brazilian from... who spoke better Spanish than him at the yeah, time. Yeah, kind of weird yeah. yeah yeah he showed up like a month before got yeah, himself really. acclimated to the altitude and Kane was just like uh no I don't have any cardio and his name was cardio Kane um yeah in terms of it I mean I think it's absolutely massive you know we've thought about even you know just for instance looking at our own metrics translating what we do mm. to a Spanish-speaking audience and that's always been one of the ones that always stands out because there's such a large demand for it yeah. the kind of things that you know I don't know if it's true but Combate is always claiming that they're outperforming things like Bellator and PFL I don't know if that's all really true but I think the audience is absolutely there and uh, Moreno's done a really great job, but to have another person right next to him, I right. think would be huge. Jason, when Massive. you were growing up in the States, did you flip through the channels and come across Sabado Gigante <laughs> on the uh, on the Spanish-speaking wow. network? Did you say that? Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> did I gringo that? Sabado Gigante. <laughs> they had women on there when we were like little kids. It was like watching the Benny Hill show, right? Caliente. That was the one. Yeah. Caliente. Yeah. Yeah. The that the was channel. the one. <laughs> well, you have to watch El Gordo y, y La Flaca. That's the one you have to watch. You ever seen that? Uh-uh. It's, the, it's literally what it's called. It's a fat dude and a really hot woman, and they have a variety show together. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right. Neither here nor there. Getting back to this, for Josh Emmett, here's a guy who has – we talked about this when we met him. Great he, guy, by the way. Great guy. Super great guy. Yeah. But, like, you know, not, I mean, not a guy who's gotten a lot of lucky breaks. Mm-hmm. And one of these guys who kind of reminds you of the Teddy Atlas quote, like 25 minutes or 30 minutes to make life fair, yeah. whatever the quote is there, he seems like that guy here. Jason, what do you make of his chances? And then if he does succeed, he becomes the interim champ, which means he'll get pay-per-view points. And he subs- I mean, it would be transformative for him. What is the real upside for him, too? What's, what's, what's possible here for him? Oh, man. Well, I mean, you guys were talking about everything earlier with his ability to get knockouts. I would say he probably has the best two knockouts. In featherweight, period. You know, we have Connors over Aldo. That's a big claim. That's a lot. Can you back that up, Tennessee? I mean, come on. Where are you going with this? Yeah, let me uh, pull out the In terms of, like, how spectacular they were? Just sleeping them dead. Just absolutely sleeping them dead. Michael Johnson, you mentioned one of them. Connor over Jose is probably number one, right? Yeah, but he popped up pretty quick. You know, like, they were, like, stiff as a board when he knocked him out. Like, uh, Michael Johnson was, like, a tree trunk falling over type kind of knockout. And then you look at that left that he landed on Ricardo Lamas, like, that is probably the best ever at 145. It might not be These the most consequential. Yes. Yeah. It might not be the most meaningful knockout in the division ever. But I mean, uh, in terms of a chances, his chances rather, I think um, I definitely lean more Yair. You know, I know we said we were going to wait for predictions, but. I think he's definitely got a chance at any point in time. The Michael Johnson fight, I think he was down and they were in the third at that point. I mean, this is a guy at any point in time who can do that. And in terms of what it means for his career and what that, I mean, that would just be such a huge projection. Because, I mean, just think about all the storylines in this one right now. We just got done talking about how overshadowed this fight already is. Mm -hmm. And he's probably the most overshadowed aspect of it. Yair's become quite popular, I would argue, over the last couple of years. Josh Emmett has had these weird little stints where he's been in and out. Like you guys said, he hasn't had the most luck in life. But if he can take this opportunity, in my opinion, what is the best main event? Probably they'll make this entire year, John Jones and all that aside. 
I mean, I, I would rate it over that because I do believe it's the number one and two pound for pounds on the planet right now. Okay. So um, if he can get a win and if he can steal that stage and he can do some, something spectacular, I mean, talk about stealing the show on this show. Mm. It's a really big deal. Massive. Be a huge deal, yeah. He'd have to bleed a lot, though, to get that. I don't like either of them, their chances against Volkanovski if that's what they're up no, against. They both got... Yeah, yours got a different quotient, different element in here, though. He's yeah. a little bit more dangerous. Yes. But the wrestling would be the, the game plan for Volk in right. that situation. I mean, yeah, coming off the Makachev fight, you would imagine he would be ready to go. Correct, yeah. Dude, um, something happened in the loss to Max where, like, Yair became absolutely legit, where he used to be, like, a firecracker, almost a liability at times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was so up and down, big promise, didn't follow through, like, just... Dude, something happened. Even though he together, lost that Max yeah. fight, he just put it together that yeah. night. Like that's a win in disguise. He, again, you know he's just—he's got so many tools that nobody's got in that division. You know, he's like his ability to chain his punches, his kicks together. He's got a—he's gonna leg kick Josh all night. He's gonna throw straights and then bang the body kicks behind it. It's all on on Josh to time either Yair on the the exits after he's thrown the kicks, or to slip and roll under those straight punches where there aren't kicks behind them, where he's decided to initiate at the boxing range. Because that's where all Josh's knockouts come from, when people have exchanged with him, or where he's slipped on the inside and come over the top. And like everyone he has knocked out have all been boxing with him, really. And I just think Yair's, number one, not going to engage in that, especially not early. And then everything else that comes around it, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun fight. It's a great style. I'm glad it's five rounds. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I mean, people are like the interim title sucks, and they, I wish you could do it without the interim title. But it does confer some modest but important benefits. One of them being, of course, it's going to be for five rounds, yeah. which I really like. I wonder if the flying knees will come into play because Josh sits so low. That's my mm. X factor. I'll say this: uh, Yeah, he's going to leave his feet probably more than once, and yeah. for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. He is he is always a firecracker yeah. that way. It's a good. It isn't. It's not an unfair way to describe him. It's just not a complete way. No, right. No. That's the only issue. Hey, notice before we started filming that even though the, the rest of this card pretty much blows, except for Jack Della Maddalena, mm -hmm. this guy, Alex, is really excited about another matchup. Luke. Well, he's he's not telling the truth. I mean, this I Jimmy like Crew, Alonzo like Menafield fight? I like it. It's going to be five minutes of absolute hell and war, and they're going to just try and knock the bejesus out of each other. That's a fun Why fight, would you yeah. not want to see that? Uh, it doesn't do much. I mean, I'm not saying it's a terrible fight or anything sure. like that. It just Why are you against fun? Well, you know, it's fun's a little... It's a great way to open the card. This is actually a planned intervention. We were faking the whole analysis leading up to this point. Real quickly, Jack De La Maddalena, mm -hmm. Randy Brown. Uh, you got to love this one. Ooh. Huge contest for both of them. Randy Brown has been on a quiet but important win streak. Yeah, Four it, in a row, right? Four in a row. Yeah. And some of those he squeaked by, but yeah. yes, four in a row. And Jack De La Maddalena looks like the future of welterweight. Three first-round KOs in 2022. Yeah. And just has, I mean, Perfect. great boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Great boxing, gentlemen. Please tell me what you love about this. Great world. body too. Real, well, I mean, yeah. like his his execution of uh, no, dude. He's he he works out he's, like he's they all do. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, but he's he's is he your type. <laughs> That's not necessary. No way. I think he's we'll got like the, one of the best executions of, of technique within the, any division right now. He's so precise with everything he fires. It's such a fun fight. It's almost similar to uh, Yair Josh, but I feel like if if you took out Josh Emmett and put Jack De La Maddalena in there with his ability to close the distance and to like when you throw jabs, he's moving forward underneath them all the time. I, I feel like he has the tools to close the distance on Randy, and Randy doesn't threaten a lot from the outside with with big 
dangerous weapons. It's not like Yair where there's power behind the kicks and the, the head kicks are coming in there. Like they're vicious. It's touching, it's front kicks, it's like snapping straights, but it's a lot of jab, jab, pouring. And people who double jab, Jack De La Maddalena, he just gets right under it, steps in, bangs you with a straight right. And he always stands um, opposite stance. So if he's fighting a southpaw, he'll go southpaw. If he fights an orthodox, he'll go orthodox. So it helps him close that distance down the center. And I, or put Dude, the, he cuts put the rear hand, He's on top of shit. Put the rear man. hand over their jab. So I think, uh, I think Jack's going to slowly pressure him back to the cage and I don't he probably might get it done within a round I think he doesn't need I was going to say Randy Brown has a he is good but he has shown a propensity uh, at times to be uh, pressured backwards either for wrestling purposes or striking he can get he can get corralled against a guy like Jack De La Maddalena who uses corralling so forcefully yeah. as a part of his game. And against Jack, if you for one second start to shell, he'll just unload on you. Right. He's just like, right, no mercy. By He's the way, eight punch combination. Great body puncher. Yeah. Great body puncher, yeah. Jack De La Maddalena. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think I've detected, Jason, have you as well? He's. It's still early, but I'm noticing that Jack De La Maddalena has a bit of the hardcore fan's blessing as oh, yeah. like our guy. Have you detected that as well? Yeah, 1,000%. So um, at the beginning of the year, I always do like a prospects list, and I threw him on that. But part of the reason is he was just so inescapable. You know, I, I just put out a tweet, and there were so many responses for Jack Della, Jack Della, hmm. over and over and over and over again. You really get kind of a sense of what the fan base really likes. And, yeah, in, in terms of this fight, I don't know, man. Uh, I think Randy Brown has obviously the reach advantage. I think he has obviously the ground, what you would presume the ground advantage, because we've seen him look so gr- uh, good in fights in the past. But I mean, Ramzan Amiv tried to take down Jack De La Ma- Maddalena, and he just absolutely couldn't do anything there. He was able to get out of that, and like it was literally like thirty seconds later. Our guy Meev was out. He was done. It was over. And you want to talk about the Dagestan flavor? That's where Meev is from. You know, yeah. he's literally from Mahashkala. So um, I think he looks really great on the grounds. I think he's going to get right back up. He's going to pop back up just like Volk will, uh, or <laughs> people hope Volk will. I don't mean necessarily in fights, but he would in most fights. Uh, yeah, so I think this is uh, really going to be a showcase performance. I love Randy Brown. I think he's fantastic, but I think this is going to be a showcase performance. For this guy in his hometown, for Jack Dylan Mallow. Yeah, they know their shit, Luke. They do their homework. And they had some reindeer games for us, and you know, I was, I was, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> they knew us. They, they knew, they knew how. You know, right. that would have been fun. You know, Russian roulette. Hey, Let's Luke, real, real quick, rate that tat, uh, Alex Forum edition. What are we doing? Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. so confused. Those are tremendous arm tats you got there, Alex. I was Good just job. trying to shout you out. All right. So you t- I haven't seen the tie yet. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of shit. Oh, I know these ones. Yeah. Um, all right, real quickly, let's do predictions. Let's go around. Main event, what do you got? I've got Islam. Bye. Yeah. Uh, I think it would probably be some sort of decision or strangulation. So l- we'll just say it's going to be an RNC Somewhere in, in round between, three. Probably, yeah. Put your money um, where your mouth is. Well, I guy. picked Islam the other day, but I'm just going to pick Vogue because I, I, I hate gamer predictions. Name. Call him by his gamer name. I, I was it doesn't matter. Dungarees make that's shit, it. Shit, yeah, that's exactly it? right. I, I never make. I don't like predictions, but I'll I'll, I'll go Volk. Volk. Yeah. Bye. Decision. Yeah, I also don't like predictions, but they make me do it. Yeah. I keep trying to tell I them agree. it's like none of us have any fucking you idea. Break it what down as much as you can. That's, that's what a lot of people not, said. Not fucking one of us. Woodley no, Till, exactly. But yeah. for fun, uh, I haven't made an official pick yet. I've kind of put myself. That's on the what spot. I mean, dude. Like, just like I I'll like. probably go Makachev, but mm. yeah, by decision, I think Alex, yeah. Alex can fight to the finish. Yeah, you yeah. same as you. Yeah, Makachev by decision. Okay, Co- Komen, 
Jason? Um, I'll go with Yair, and we'll say it's a stoppage in the second. Ooh. Yeah. Let's Jesus. say it lands a head kick. Let's go for a fun one. That's that's not a bad that's not a bad prediction. I'm gonna go Yair. I don't know. I reckon he could finish him. I'll say Yair by TKO, but it probably I think it'll be a bit later. Yeah, but um, like yeah. cuts and shit. I'm gonna say yeah. uh, TKO three or four with yeah. the accumulation four, of everything. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a stoppage win in the late fourth because just there's so much blood. <laughs> and dude, is everyone know? here a De La Madalena guy? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think he's gonna get it you done. Big Jimmy Crew guy. Yes. Jimmy Cruz had a crazy four fights, yeah. dude. I don't like the mullet. I'm not a big. I'm not. I don't. Ironic or otherwise, I don't. The other Luke's got a mullet over there. Well, I mean, look at him. He's wearing I, mean, <laughs> I can't tell if he dressed this way or just found these clothes. Uh, <laughs> Luke, we you know we fit in well with these blokes. <laughs> oh yeah, come on! Come back. I thought the British were like all about this banter, whatever yeah. y'all call it. On the it. train right over, Luke's like, "You think they're still sore about the Revolutionary War?" I'm like, "Dude, they're like, like you gotta, you know, just like let I it go." I wasn't on the. We didn't go, even take know? the train together. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the cab fucking ride I took here. I mean, I can't believe I I wasn't obligated to just give him my fucking ATM card. I mean. <laughs> It was so expensive, but okay. Uh, gentlemen, it has been great to do this with you. I am so glad we made time I, for I it. I enjoyed it I'm a lot. I'm so glad you guys invited us. MMA on Point is doing really incredible things. Uh, if you're an MK fan, you should be an MMA on Point fan as well. And it's, uh, well, I mean, they just do so many, they do breaking news in certain ways. They do documentary beer styles, pong. lists, beer pong. Uh, you guys have live programming as well. Um, you got an impressive studio, multifaceted. I mean, it, it smells like a young English boy, but you know, I got past that pretty, pretty quickly. You know? All right, I don't know what that smells <laughs> like. Know, that means, <laughs> That's a little awful. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Tom and Zach working behind the scenes. With yes, yeah, by the way, they made us up. feel great. They, they brought us in, and so what we'll do is. You'll be highly disappointed and wonder why that you ever invited us to begin with. But if you make your way to the States, we'll return the favor. We'll get you guys into our studio, uh -huh. which is um, the equivalent of in a, being in a... What? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, cut it, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Hey, I can't, we can't tease? When did teasing become... They call it bullying. I don't know. That's what happened with it. Uh, but that's Jason, that's Alex, I'm Luke. That's Brian Campbell. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy UFC 284. We appreciate oh, you. Oh, and Alex, where can we where can we catch yes. you streaming? Oh, twitch.tv slash Balian. And then just youtube.com slash MMA on point. Yeah, MMA on point. That's right. Some of the best stuff that is in, in all of MMA media right now. How, go, J go Jason, that... Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to close oh, the show. Sorry. I will talk offline. All right. <laughs> we'll chat. Bye, we'll guys. chat.